0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 556 with a review of Avengers Endgame. I'm Christopher Schneezy.
1: And I'm Stephen Miller.
0: And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. And uh, this week, we are talking about, like, undeniably, the largest uh, theatrical release that is coming to a theater near you, and that is Avengers Endgame, the culmination of 22 films A crazy thing. Ticketing sites could not handle the pre-sale tickets for this movie. The entire internet went down.
1: I Uh, I couldn't handle it. I got got stuck with, like, no seats until – basically for days I had to hound – amc alamo fandango and just like wait for any seat to open up anywhere yeah because and i'm usually on top of this like this was a problem for me two weeks ago i think it was already too full (laughs) to find anything that we could watch before the weekend
0: yeah yeah no it was it was a rough time getting tickets but uh we got them we saw it thursday night um We are now sitting down Saturday morning to record this for you, which is like a few days earlier than we normally would record. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're trying to get this out as soon as we can because we know everybody wants to hear everybody's thoughts about Avengers Endgame. And um, yeah, it's here. We saw it. We're talking about it. So uh, as we usually do when we're talking about these sort of films, Stephen Miller, were you excited going into Avengers Endgame? Um, How hyped were you? And what were you thinking as you sat down in your seat?
1: Yeah, so, over the long term, I wasn't that hyped. Like, if you were to ask me, I don't know, in February, are you excited about Ender, uh, Avengers Endgame coming out? I would be like, eh, I mean, I don't know. I'll, the last few Marvel <laughs> movies, I've always been kind of, like, fine on. Like, I would say better than lukewarm, but never thrilled about any of them. Um, and the idea of Endgame was just going to be more of same, right? Like, more people, more... Like, <laughs> Literally more of yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just more of everything. Um and then something flipped kind of in the last few weeks. Maybe it was just, like, realizing that I was finally going to get this. Uh, like, thinking about it got me more and more excited. Uh, and a few vague, like, reviews started to trickle in that made me be like, oh, oh shit, this is, this is, like, the movie is here. I'm excited for it. Yeah. Uh, and so by the time I sat down at the fat house at 11.50 p.m. on a <laughs> Thursday... I w- I was pretty excited. Like I was groggy. I had just woken up from a nap, uh, <laughs> but I, this I was, was like
0: a purposeful nap to oh, yeah. protect, like protect yourself from not falling asleep. Yeah, because I'm film. old now. I'm yeah, old, yeah. so
1: a midnight screening means I need to like take safety precautions for my body. Yeah, to and this film was like three hours
0: and two minutes or something like that, yeah. right?
1: I I didn't even have a beer while I watched it, and I was at the fat house. I just like yeah. I I knew if I did anything to make me more sleepy, I was gonna pass out. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I I was excited. I I felt like. No matter what happens, this is the end of a journey. This is going to be paying off something, and it will be cool to watch that happen like whether or not it would stand alone as its own movie i didn't even care at that point. It was just like the feeling you get when you 're watching the finale of a show or something you 're just like, hell yeah by the end by the end of this experience, I'm going to know what happens, and that is exciting
0: yeah um yeah i had uh i mean I had almost maybe the a semi opposite reaction like I was very very excited already um when it came time to buy tickets just I was like, no, I need to get a good ticket that I can see early because I don't want anybody to spoil this for me. Um, I was very, very excited. And I was getting excited to the point where I was like, I can't, this film can't possibly <laughs> live up to the amount of excitement that I'm feeling right now. Um, and I wasn't even quite sure why I was building up so much excitement. But I just, I think that we spent so, time, so much time with these characters and all of the films, whether they succeed or fail, I'm still on board for these people and like what's happening and trying to get there. And, you know, like on my way to the theater, I was like, Okay, I gotta make it on time to the screening. um when I walk into the screening, no better nobody better be standing outside the theater talking about this thing or I'm gonna put on my headphones and just blast whatever I can to like drown them out. Got into my 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 theater, sat down, and I was like, "Please dear God, let me like this movie <laughs> Please, dear God like, let me like this movie." um so it was like I was so hyped that I began to get scared sitting down for the film. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we have seen it now. So we don't have to worry about speculation. We have just seen it. Um, obviously, because of this film and what it is and what it's doing, we will have to have a probably very very short non-spoilers section, and then most of this rev- review will take place in spoilers. So for the beginning section, we will not spoil anything. We will try to dance around as much as possible, like including stuff like two seconds into this film, um, and uh, like. For fairness, we will be able to, and we will be spoiling anything from the previous, any of the films. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> if you've missed any of those films, I, I don't know what you're doing here. But yeah. So we, essentially, we yeah, Infinity War is fully up for spoiling. This film, we will be as vague as possible and just talk about our general thoughts of the film. And then we will get as fast as we can into spoilers and kind of just talk about the entire film.
1: Okay, so very quick. Recap just to set our expectations. Maybe we can go over how we felt about the previous team-up movies just so we have like Some idea going in so the previous team up being Avengers Age of Ultron Civil Bro Infinity War. Yeah, Chris go
0: um, I They were not all perfect (laughs) The stories didn't pull me all in but I was pretty happy in general with the way they were able to team everybody up I think As I've got farther away from it, I've become more and more fond of them. In the moments, there was a lot to nitpick and criticize, I think. Um, But I've been pretty happy with the way they've been able to balance so many different things happening in so many different places in a way that keeps me caring about the characters. And um, I think, honestly, I think what this film series as a whole up until now has done that I've really, really appreciated is it has taken a character like – uh, Captain America who I have never really cared about and made me care about the arc that he is present in in mm-hmm. a way where like I'm still not like yeah Captain America is the coolest guy but I am like I really like I I, I was, was as positive as I can be about Civil Bro because like it added real stakes to this franchise between these people who are supposed to be working together and I, I like I have come to appreciate where everything is going um, whether or not the minute-to-minute beats that I'm participating in are as exciting or as in depth as I would like
1: them to be, yeah, and I feel kind of similar. I'm a, I can't really define why some of the team-up ones work for me and others don't. Like the original Avengers was great, and I think the joy there is bringing the band together, right? Like that's the fun of it. it yeah. It's a movie that is it's structured like a film of itself, which means that the first third at least probably more than that is going to be devoted to build up and preface and like how are we going to lay the groundwork for the big thing that will happen yeah. and then you get the payoff at the end of the big thing that happens and they're the the famous you know quote single take shot of them all fighting where they're each doing their own move that assists the other one like, yeah, yeah that's fun right that that is what the team-up movie should be for me uh ultron Kind of like came and went. Like I, I forgot it the moment I watched it. <laughs> um and, and then Civil Bro, I, I I didn't care a ton about the rivalry between Cap and uh Iron Man. I kind of I never really believed that these characters are pitted against each other in a meaningful way, but still, like when they're actually all fighting, then it's cool to watch them. Yeah. Um so in like like in general, I, I think I like the interpersonal dynamic. I, I like I like when these characters are interacting with each other and they're building kind of pairwise relationships, and I like that these movies give them a chance to do that. So yeah. the more a movie gets to delve into their their interpersonal banter and their feelings toward each other, I like them a lot. The more they try to be like grand arcs of ideals, right, which is the whole movie about people sitting in the UN <laughs> thing yeah. that Carson always talks about, the less <laughs> I care about that.
0: Well, yeah, I, I, think, I think for me, I... I agree but somehow I am able to use the byproduct of those sitting in the UN moments to lift up the emotional beats. Like when I think back to Civil Bro, the only thing I think about is that uh, that look on Tony's face as he thinks that Captain America is about to shield bash him in the face and like kill him. Yep. Like that is all like that entire movie is summed up in that moment to me. Um and like when I think back on him, I'm like it was pretty fucking good movie Mm -hmm. (laughs) right but it's because of that journey it's taken these characters on and like that the we have this firm belief um which is echoed in this film uh and our actions even if the actions don't seem to make sense they totally work within the confines of i hold this belief and that's what's most important and even if i disagree with what's happening between us we need i believe that we need to do this thing because that's what's important and then how that fights against their interpersonal relationships like is the thing that i remember as distance is applied to the series as a whole
1: Mm
0: -hmm. cool so uh should we get into this episode let's do it (laughs) we're gonna take a listen to the trailer for avengers endgame and then we're gonna come back and give you guys a review
1: like a thousand years ago i fought my way out of that cave became iron man realized i loved you i know i said no more surprises but i was really hoping to pull off one last one the world has changed None of us can go back.
0: All we can do is our best. And sometimes the best that we can do is to start over. They should move on. Some do. But not us. Even if there's a small chance, we owe this to everyone who's not in this room to try.
1: We will. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes.
0: this one (laughs) all right so that was the trailer for avengers endgame um, the follow-up to avengers infinity war and essentially uh at the end of that film thanos snaps his fingers destroys half the life in the universe and uh this film is the follow-up from that and the regrouping of the people who survived the snap and them formulating a plan on how they're going to deal with that and how they're going to try to continue moving on in their lives. Uh, Stephen Miller, what did you think, vaguely and generally speaking, about Avengers Endgame?
1: Vaguely and generally, I think this is not a great individual movie, and I don't care because I think it's a great ending to a 22 film saga. Um, This is a movie that we will of course get way 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 into it in, in spoilers <laughs> but th- th- this is a movie that is heavily uh, there's conversations in the internet between this and game of thrones about fan service right that's a yeah. big concept right now is is paying off something that was a decade in the making is is giving fans what they want quote fan service or is it the right call to make at any given time and i think this movie does the right kind of fan service where it it is trying to justify all twenty-one other movies that we watched. At uh, twenty for me, I never, I never watched for <laughs> The Dark World, but everything else in the Marvel canon I've been watching. Um, it, it is trying to justify our investment in in that, and it is trying to trying to show us look at how all of these characters and all of their journeys crisscross, and how many of them can we put a button on, right? How how many can we? make feel like they hit some complete arc at the end of this uh, yeah. in particular the original avengers right that's kind of the the main goal of this is the the old team is going to be not out of the franchise right like there are more movies that involve scarlett johansson right there like we're already aware that there are future movies yeah there are characters.
0: things that have been like already slated in that yeah. art in the works
1: but but it, but it's trying to make this original team kind of have some sense of closure. And in particular, yeah. it's trying to justify every goddamn post credit scene we sat through for the last 10 years, right? Like <laughs> All the things about Infinity Stones, all the hints of Thanos coming, everything like that. They want it to be like a finale, right? This is yeah. a grand finale of a TV show, and there's going to be new TV shows like Better Call Saul is going to come soon. It'll be like a new version of this with the characters that we're familiar with, but it won't have the same emotional arc that yeah. we've been going through. And I think it does a great job of that. I think like it is a three-hour movie that for me goes by very quickly because so much is happening. You never ever ever feel like it's idling. Yeah. Um. But it does give time for the character moments that I that I talked about. Really loving. I think it it gives you a lot of space to live with the characters, the original Avengers in particular. Um. And it it, it just does a nice job of letting us understand how they feel. It gives a long there's a long part of this movie toward the beginning that is not action heavy that is all about the the aftermath of the snap right yeah. i think we can say that without being too spoilery yeah. Um, yeah.
0: i mean i i would say it's i if if you look at this film and you want to compare it like arbitrarily to another film this is kill bill volume 2 yep. the first film is this is all the action this is all the crazy shit and the second film is a whole lot of talking still some action beats but this is mostly information and dealing with how the characters react to the first right
1: and, and i think it does a good job like i my criticism of infinity war is that nothing none of the darkness felt real to me because i knew there was a light at the end of the tunnel right yeah. like i knew like
0: specifically the snap itself or, yeah, or yeah, in general the, the snap in okay. particular
1: like i knew if you are snapping away t'challa nothing you did could possibly matter so yeah, you, why you can't
0: snap away a billion dollars <laughs> exactly
1: um and uh, unless you're elizabeth holmes <laughs> um, but <laughs> nice. or a snapchat would have been a funnier one <laughs> but anyway um i knew like they're coming back so why should i care and, and everyone left that movie maybe it's because that was the cliffhanger people either left it feeling pumped like holy shit what are they going to do next or yeah. left it feeling like well that's not satisfying because the one thing you left me with i know you're going to reverse anyway yeah, um, yeah this movie by kind of giving the characters their time to to grieve to go on different arcs like in response to the death of their friend it 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 gets to what i think Kamen wrote in after infinity wars and said like the reason this matters is that it matters to each other right like all of the characters are believing that like they will never see their friends again yeah yeah and that that make gives it emotional weight and i think this movie for those of us who aren't emotionally intelligent enough to cue into that at the first movie i guess (laughs) really beats you over the head with it in a way that i think is good and it sets up the stakes in a way that i like there are also things that we cannot talk about that very directly give you a lot of joy in remembering where these characters have been over time that i thought was fun and silly as hell and exactly why i go to see a marvel movie so i think this is a flawed movie for sure um how could you not be with eight billion characters you have to do right by um but i think it's a lot of fun i think it is very very impressive that Faggy managed to pull this off i think it, it, it it would be really really hard to do much better than this at closing a 22 film series in a way that feels like it gives most people their due so overall i was really impressed by it and i'm excited to watch it again
0: yeah. Um so this it like I agree with you that this this film doesn't feel as long as it as it is, but I need to make a statement about how long it actually is. Because this film is three hours long, and because it is doing a lot of fan servicey thing, not everything in this film I love. Mm-hmm. Um as you said, there are there are flaws in it. There are things that it literally just hand waves away and you go, you're like, you know what I don't fucking care. <laughs> and yep. you just go on. So it's not that it's a perfect film, but this is the Toy Story Three, right? Where it's like If this film just came out with the other 22 films weren't there, it would probably be a bad film. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But this film is paying off so much, and it's so emotionally gratifying. Like, I cried so many times in this movie, like, constantly. Characters that I don't even care about (laughs) made me cry in this film. And it was just like a thing where it's like... I was like, f- like I, I'm fighting to hold back, act like crying, but like I'm tearing up, but like mm. I still have like convulsions Yeah. <laughs> while I'm trying to like, it's like in a, in a horror movie where, where like the, the person has escaped and they're crying, but they're trying to like be quiet uh, because the monster is going to get them. It was like right. that, right? It was just like, oh man, if I was alone in my apartment right now watching this on like an iPad, I would be snot and tears bawling and it'd be crazy. I have like teared up listening to other podcasts talking about the film. Um, just when I remember those things or and things like that, so it's like this film does so much and pays off so many things and does everything that I want it to do. That like this is just an amazing film watching experience. Um, like you said, I'm excited to see it again. Seeing it tomorrow, um, it it did everything I wanted it to do, and. Not everything perfectly worked for me. Specifically, I like I I have not bought into the idea that um the current season of Game of Thrones is too fan service-y because it feels like these moments are what the characters it doesn't feel fan service-y. I recognize that it is, but it feels true and honest. Some of the things in this film feel incredibly fan servicey. Um just giving characters moments to do stuff that has nothing to do with the plot just to be like, remember how you like this? Um, Those kind of things kind of bothered me in this film. Um, But it's like when I sat down to think about how to review this film, I was like, I don't even remember half the stuff that happened in this movie (laughs) because so much stuff happened. All I remember
1: is is Paul Rudd with a taco. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: Yes. (laughs) But it's like it's one of those things where like, the bad doesn't have enough time to be present it's like you can just have um intellectual conversations about the bad but it doesn't take away from how much good there is and 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 kind of what we're getting on screen and and like the the things that are emotional beats are just so incredibly strong that like they make up for any possible thing you can throw at me I'm sure when we get into spoilers, you're going to be like, but well, what about this? This seems like something Chris would hate." And I'd be like, "You know what? I don't fucking care."
1: <laughs> wow! They, they broke you. They finally did it. <laughs> they
0: finally broke me, Um I'm, literally and figuratively.
1: <laughs> so I, I feel kind of dead inside when you talk about crying during this film, <laughs> because and, and it's the same with Game of Thrones. Like, Ga- and uh, granted, Game of Thrones. I have a not even one full year history with, right? So I will never be as emotionally gratified as the people who have been watching it for yeah. for a long time. Um so with with both Game of Thrones and Avengers, I feel like I recognize the emotional payoff and I respect it for it. Like with with the Avengers, my feeling is, wow, you fucking did it. I'm shocked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Game of Thrones too when when we are seeing there's a lot that happened in the most recent <laughs> episode two uh that is paying off certain character moments, and I don't feel emotionally tied to those characters. There's something about the way I watch these things where I don't get personally invested. I just like like my my brain likes that they manage to pull it off yeah um and i wish like i I wish after eleven twelve years of investment in the Marvel franchise, I felt. Emotionally connected to the characters, yeah. It, like it kind of sucks that I don't, and I don't know why I don't have that. Uh, but I'm sure way more people are like you and will enjoy it for that. Well, I, it, I enjoy it for that. I just don't feel it. I I like it, but I don't feel it. There, there,
0: it's it's weird though, because it's like I don't even know that I. I mean, there are definitely characters I'm emotionally uh connected to, and there are also other characters that I'm less so. Where in the moment I'm like, this is dumb. And then when the characters get emotional, I'm like, oh, it's not dumb. I'm so <laughs> emotional. <laughs> it's like things where at the same time I'm mad, I'm also, like, tearing up. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's it's like a thing where it's we're having the same reaction, but I am feeling the character's reaction to it in addition to, like, my cognitive load of going, like, oh, I get why this is important. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, there there is literally moments where, like, Characters walk on screen that I was not even thinking about in the least, and their simple presence doesn't mean anything. But then they do a, like a little head nod, and I just tear up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? It's like, and we'll, we'll get to it in spoilers, but it, it just, it's like a, a, everything is firing on all on all cylinders and working, and I'm feeling the film as I watch it, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking about like there, there's there's a scene where we. Um, we just check in with the rest of the world in a way. And I thought that was really impactful to kind of explain like, because th- this isn't a film where we're following the rest of the world, but there is a moment where we just check in and see the state of the world yep. given that half of the universe has just disappeared. Yeah. And like it's not even that seeing that is that emotional. It's thinking about the context of that is very, very emotional. So I, yep. I, I don't know. This film just it does so much. It doesn't do everything perfectly, but because the sheer volume of stuff that it's doing and how much of that stuff it is doing is great, like, I walked out of this film going, like, shit, that was
1: yeah. and, an amazing experience. And and I will say, like, the most of the character payoffs I didn't feel emotionally invested in, but this movie did get me good a couple times, and we'll have to go into spoilers to talk about that. If I can, because I think we both agree we are quite positive on the film. Yep. So for our vague reviews, like... D- don't worry, go see this movie. I'm sure that's going to be the answer to both of us. <laughs> if I can hint at one of my problems with the movie, is, that, and it's the same that was true in Infinity Wars, I think it's true in a lot of the team-up movies, is I think the sense of humor is not balanced all the time. Yeah. I think there is a desire. Part of it comes from the characters. There are some characters that are just innately very funny. There are other characters who are not. Marvel is a, you know... A mixed bag. It's a rainbow. <laughs> All the colors in the rainbow are present. Like, every type of character, every personality is there. Yeah. This movie in particular, because the emotions are so low, um like, the emotions get really, really, really heavy, it's weird f- for me sometimes to have heavy emotion one second, then the next second, like, Rocket Raccoon makes a wisecrack, right? Yeah, like, yeah. There, There are things like that where I feel like this movie... Again, it can't be all things to all people, and I think it does a damn good job of trying, but that is one thing that I feel like the tone is not consistent throughout, and I'm excited watching it a second time when I know what happens to find, like, what can I mine for enjoyment from the humor now that it isn't undercutting anything because I'm already aware of what what else is going on.
0: And, And, like, individual wisecracks wouldn't bother me. The thing that bothers me is certain characters are presented entirely as a wisecrack. Like, their sheer presence is meant to evoke humor. And I, like, I actually really, really like in a film where you're like fighting back tears and then there's a joke and that joke pushes you over the edge because you were in control of your emotions and as soon as you got two emotions, you're like, I don't know how to work the walls. Yep. And then like now you're crying. Um, so I would be totally fine if it was like sad, sad, sad. Raccoon says, "Sure, says a trash we, we all says love something. happy sad, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, happy sad is great. Yeah, but like when you're presenting a character who literally every line of dialogue is meant to be funny, uh, it, it sort of is like, why are you doing that? Right. <laughs> um, some of those get reversals and get very, very intentionally dramatic moments. Um, and that is gratifying a hundred percent. But it's like at that point in time, I've like theoretically written off certain aspects of the storytelling." And it's like, well, this 100% pays off over here, mm-hmm. but why did you have to do this?
1: <laughs> like, like I'll, I'll say one thing that – it isn't spoilery as long as I don't mention why. I think there is too much Thor in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree with that. I'm picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> um, but anyway, th- these are minor complaints. Like. I am not a Marvel fanboy, and I have been known to have Marvel fatigue, even in the best of them, right? Like yeah. uh, Like Black Panther came out, and I was pretty nitpicky about it. And like, even movies that I look at it, I'm like, you are doing this way better than other Marvel movies. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, I, I really liked that movie, but still I had that feeling of like, fuck, it's just another Marvel movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's always going to end the same way. It's always going to do the same thing. The fact that this movie made me happy, I think means that... A whole lot of people are going to like it because I am nowhere near the top of the like Marvel appreciation side of of the universe.
0: (laughs) I will say the guy next to me in the theater when the film ended, he was like, "Peace him out." Mm -hmm. (laughs) I couldn't tell. I mean, he also did drink like a full soda before the movie started and a full soda during it. Like when the when the trailer started, he ran to get like another drink. This is the
1: guy that. Almost went into the ethics and video game journalism rant about <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Captain Marvel. That's that guy. <laughs> um, so, you know, not for everyone. Uh, but I think it's
0: literally for everyone other than that that guy. Mm.
1: <laughs> there is one very cheesy moment in the movie where they try to do a nod toward their appreciation of female heroes. Yeah. And it's kind of like, eh, too little, too late, Marvel.
0: <laughs> well, we'll, we'll talk about it later. But in that scene, I was fine with the scene in principle. What happens literally five seconds before (laughs) that scene completely negates why that scene makes sense at all. Yep. (laughs) We'll definitely talk about that. Yeah,
1: we'll talk about it. (laughs) I I, I think I I can say this without it being a spoiler because we know that she is in this movie. Yeah. Like, everyone knows that. As we both kind of expected at the end of Captain Marvel – Captain Marvel is overpowered for this universe, and that yeah. makes certain beats a lot more difficult to digest, I think.
0: Yeah. But I I will we'll also get into it in spoilers. But uh, I, I
1: think she can be a completely fine asset. I, I mean, in the context of what they're trying to do here with the other characters, she makes everyone into Hawkeye, basically.
0: Yeah, yeah, but I think they also do a good job of for the first time presenting the scale of her abilities Mm -hmm. um so i appreciated at least that they put her into situations that sort of created a a base level for how powerful she is instead of just being like i don't know she can just like hit spaceships constantly Mm -hmm. (laughs) right (laughs) like it 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 it, it sort of like was like, okay, yeah. now I get she it. She
1: watched The Last Jedi and was like, I can do that <laughs> myself.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, so should we do verdicts and then get into our big, long spoiler segment? Sure. All right, Stephen Miller, officially now, if you're going to give us a must-see, recommend with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it?
1: I'm going full must-see. It's been a while since I've done that for a Marvel movie, but both in the... In the rating sense, I think this is very good by Marvel standards, but more importantly, I'm going the Schnazy route where you must see this movie yeah. like, because you, you must see it. Like, how, how can you avoid it? it? It is the culmination of everything you've been waiting for. Yeah. I think it does a good job. This is not the lost finale. This is not one of those things that, like, culminates in a kind of, like, meh way. I think it is emotionally gratifying. It closes a lot of things that have stayed open for way too long. And, yeah, I think you should watch it.
0: Yeah, I, I think uh, I've, been, I've been doing my route for a while and kind of bumping everything up to must-see because of where everything's leading to. And I think this is the first time that I can be, like, on its own. I mean, technically, it's not on its own, but I don't need to elevate it because of what's coming. I can just say, this is why I've been elevating everything else, and it's worth having elevated everything else. Go see it. Mm-hmm. Must-see. <laughs> All right, so that was a review of Avengers Endgame. We're going to close up the episode now just before getting into spoilers. So, Stephen Miller, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that?
1: Uh, people can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com.
0: People can find me at life.com or twitter.com slash irl You can find the podcast over at the spoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so in Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning, facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning, or instagram.com slash warning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at the or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Avengers Endgame that is playing now. Um, As we said, we're going to get into spoilers shortly, so that Endgame soundtrack will be playing. It's going to fade up. Um, There'll be a little moment of break, and when that music fades out, we will be in full-blown spoilers. So if you haven't seen the film, go out and see it. (laughs) This podcast is not enough to get you through when tickets become available again, so just keep it on pause, go see it, come back, and listen to what's coming We'll see you in a bit. Okay, so we are back. This is Spoiler Territory. It is the after part of our review of Avengers Endgame. We are here to talk full-blown spoilers for this film. This film is long. A lot of stuff happens in it. Mm -hmm. There is not... It it, it probably won't work to just do the normal thing that we usually do, which is, like, bring up a few little points that we want to talk to in more detail. There were so many things happening that there's probably something that we can talk about in each of the moments of the film. So we're going to kind of just chronologically go through this film (laughs) I've broken it into like a few different sections with the bullet points of what happens and we'll kind of like say those, start a little conversation about that portion and then anything that spins off from that and then continue on through the film. And to be
1: clear, by chronologically we mean in the movie's runtime chronology which has nothing to do with the real world chronology
0: (laughs) (laughs) True Um, So, here we go Spoilers for Avengers Endgame starting now. Okay, so the first thing about this film is, at the start, uh, we basically relive the snap through the eyes of Hawkeye and uh, the dust of his family. Yep. <laughs> um, uh, Captain Marvel rescues Tony and Nebula from outer space, and uh, basically um, all of the Avengers who had previously gathered talk about their plan for what they're going to try to do to get Thanos. Um Let's talk about uh, that opening with uh, Jeremy Renner and Hawkeye. Um, how did you feel about that making us relive that snap moment from the eyes of somebody who was not present in the previous films?
1: Yeah, so I, it, it was clear the moment it was Hawkeye what was going to happen, right? Yeah. Uh, I but I, I, I liked it. I, th- I thought it was a bold move. And again, where Infinity War, to me, the emotional heaviness kind of felt like... Plastered on or fake like I I didn't buy the heaviness so much in infinity war this one. I completely bought this felt like a legitimately You are showing me something traumatic and I don't think you're gonna resolve it five minutes later uh, So I, I liked it. I like that decision.
0: Yeah, I, I think that like for the other heroes who we followed through the other film they know what's at stake and they're trying to stop that stake from taking place and uh, Hawkeye is just somewhere else doesn't even know there's a battle going on and just something very, very scary happens and he just doesn't know what to do about it. And he doesn't mm-hmm. understand what's happening. It's just us remembering. Cause, cause we see like, you know uh, you know, we, we see Peter Parker uh, you know, dust away and he's like, Tony, <laughs> I don't want to go. <laughs> right. Like we get the emotional beat cause it's two characters experience it, experiencing it, experiencing it as the penalty for what just happened. But, Seeing it from the point of somebody who has no context for what's happening and just suddenly loses everything that that they hold dear, um, yeah, I thought that was pretty pretty impactful. And like you, like as soon as the film starts, I'm like, oh shit, they're starting. Like, I was wondering how they were going to continue from before, and mm-hmm. just doing it, reliving it through a new character, I thought was a pretty impressive way to just start us off with, like, yeah, this shit's fucked up. Yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> it, it really resets it in a way yeah. that I like.
0: Um, and then obviously, uh. Captain Marvel. Presumably, the events of the post-credit sequence of Captain Marvel happened, and then she didn't just stumble upon them. She went out to find them, given they know what was sort of happening, right? Is that what we're supposed to believe?
1: Right. I mean, I, I forget the post-credit sequence of Captain Marvel. Is that her? That's her appearing to the Avengers?
0: Yeah, because of the pager scene. Uh, or yeah. so, so they've been using the pager to try to signal whatever um, uh, Fury was trying to do. And then she shows up and she's like, where's Fury? Yeah, yeah. I, so I,
1: presumably if she shows up and then they tell her what happened and then she's like, oh, I'll go get him, no worries. And yeah, then yeah, it flies yeah. away. Yeah. Um, cool, so we're on the same page there? Yep.
0: <laughs> and then uh, what do you think about their plan to just like, fuck it, we don't know what's going on, let's just go attack him. <laughs>
1: like, I, I mean, it, it, it makes sense, right? Like they're, yeah. they're kind of impotent at this point and they're just like, we have to do something, let's lash out at him. Uh, I do think... When it was happening, I was kind of like, "Are you really gonna do this right now?" We're like ten minutes into the movie, and you're gonna show me you fighting Thanos again like that. It, it felt like a weird twist because even though I had anticipated the time jumping, which we'll we'll get into yeah. in the future, I hadn't anticipated the fact that that meant there was a Thanos that was still gonna be able to be there for the third act. Yeah, so. I was kind of jarred at first that they were just gonna like lob off his head and get, yeah. well, get we'll, we'll rid get, of Thanos. We'll get, we'll get that into it just a moment. Oh, okay. I'm yeah. just
0: talking about like the the like their process for like now. Let's go attack Thanos. The, the immediately. idea
1: it it felt too easy to me. In hindsight, I like it, but at the time, yeah. I was kind of like shook by it.
0: Yeah, I, I think I I like that at this point in time, they aren't technically dealing with what's happened worldwide they they are like death tolling to um understand that yes what he said he was doing actually did happen but they're also immediately like uh search 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 and then they see the pulse from him using the gauntlet again and they're like okay there he is we don't have any other option let's just go try to stop him now and i like that that sort of desperation that they had where they're like we don't even have a plan we just found where he is and we're never gonna be able to have a better plan than just go attack them. Like I, I thought, that added like an interesting dynamic to just like what is their plan? Like you know mm-hmm. they have to start with just like no, let's go fucking kill them. Like we have a powerful girl now. <laughs> like let's use her. Like let's just go do it. We have like the only advantage that we didn't have before is Captain Marvel. Let's just immediately go do this because like this is the, the this is our final best shot that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I I added like it it seemed interesting presenting the information in that way because we see in the trailer we're like let's just go get him <laughs> and you don't know where in the film that is so it was interesting that it was like immediately let's just go do it this is our second chance we know how difficult he is to fight now maybe we'll have a better shot now yeah Try harder is their plan, basically. And, and again, they have Captain Marvel, who is yeah, yeah. incredibly powerful. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So going after Thanos is the next part, um, which you kind of alluded to all, already. So we find a super injured Thanos, um, which may or may not be interesting. Um, he's we basically learn that he's destroyed the stones, and then Thor lops off his head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so thoughts on that stuff?
1: Uh, yeah. So I at that point it was clear that they were deflating the Thanos thing in a way where it. It it at least left me very intrigued by what the central conflict was gonna be for the rest of the movie. Uh so I like that. There was something about the way it played that didn't feel right to me. I think it Thor's sudden turn into being angsty and not reasonable, because the reasonable thing would be like interrogate him, see if he's telling the truth, figure something out. Thor just lobbing off his head. I get it emotionally, but it kind of feels like like Peter Quill like <laughs> yelling at him instead of doing the logical thing, which is, like, just focus on taking off the gauntlet. Um, yeah, I don't know. Something didn't quite work for me there. And I think maybe it was because the the ease with which Captain Marvel, like, grounds him in, in that scene made me feel like, wait, but he's the big bad, so now who... Like, like something about it felt lopsided. Again, in hindsight now, I'm fine with it. I'm, I'm yeah. totally cool with it. At the time, I wasn't a huge fan of that.
0: Yeah, so I think that, like, as that moment happens, it's obvious now, like, okay, the plot has, like, clearly Thanos is gone, but we know they're going to fight Thanos later, so clearly Mm -hmm. now all that timey-wimey stuff will definitely come to fruition, Mm -hmm. Um, but I think this is, is, like, one of the first examples where emotions trump logic, um, in that, like, this is a moment where people who are already desperate realize that literally all hope is gone and their desperation is like overcome by pure like there's no fucking point anymore like essentially we have they already had the like we've been defeated but they don't know that they've lost and then they arrived at this place and they realized that oh the reason we found him is because he used the gauntlet to destroy the stones and that was the pulse that we picked up or whatever and it was like all of them realizing that there is literally nothing they can do now like their whole plan was find them get the gauntlet reset everything and the fact that the gauntlet's destroyed once again stepping out from the scene i understand that now that means we're trying to get the stones again some other way but within the context of the film the characters have no hope and that i thought was really really impactful and i i totally believe thor's turn there because he was always he was already pissed like he he was angry that he didn't go for the head. Mm-hmm. And now he realizes that, like, it wasn't just that I made a mistake that cost everything. It's that that mistake can no longer be undone. And now I hate myself. And, like, I it's, it's one of those things where, like, he kind of is really powerful. So he just shows up and kicks the shit out of things. And he was not fighting intelligently. He was yeah, he fighting, like, as a brute. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it's he... Missed his chance because he was just showing off his power, essentially. <laughs> um, and it's like that moment, the guilt, he expresses it and lopping off his head. And then you're just like, oh, shit. So now we're definitely getting some alternate reality Thanos that we're going to do. Yep. Um, which, is, which is cool.
1: I, I will say, so one thing, maybe a thing that I didn't like about it is when they plan... Because they decide to go do this and then do it in the span of like 45 seconds. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. And the conversation that they have around it is basically... Thanos like Thanos is still out there. Oh, I saw a blip like two days ago. I bet that's him. Let's go. Going. And it was it was kind of like I, I get they needed expediency in this movie, but it 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 felt weird that they didn't try to throw you off with a more elaborate planning phase first. Like th- that kind of clues you in that this won't matter a lot is yeah. how quickly they just like dive into it without giving you any context.
0: Yeah. But they're also like they have nothing to lose, right? Like they don't know that they will be able to like once again, we know that they can bring everybody back. They don't technically know right. that.
1: Right. So so this is me more nitpicking a plot point is they the new thing that happened is Nebula is there. Right, yeah. and, and Nebula says, I know where he is. He always says he's going to the garden. And then totally separately, ra- ra- like Rocket is like, oh, we saw a blip at this planet right here. I bet that was him. So like, you didn't need her to tell you he goes to the garden because the blip already happened. You know, it's it yeah, just yeah. like a kind of dumb little well, story. I guess she
0: was saying what his plan was, which was just to go and live on this place. And they were like, we know he's in this system because we registered this pulse. Because mm. um, in theory, he could set off the pulse there and then go some like so they don't know what he was doing why they registered the pulse he could have been using the gauntlet to kill everybody on a planet and then leave right mm-hmm. <laughs> so we don't know what that 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 system what what was happening there um, so it I think it still sort of makes sense sure but cool so then we get a jump to five years later um, we relive post snap world through the eyes of Ant Man um, as he exits the quantum realm due to a rat <laughs> um, Ant Ant Man comes up with the time travel theory. They try to get PTSD uh, Stark to help them with that. He says no, basically. Uh, Smart Hulk tries to, so- to solve it, and then Stark comes back, and he is the solution. Yeah, That whole series of the arc, what were your thoughts on this section?
1: Uh, so let's see. I think the, the emotions of post-snap world register really well. There, there's a moment where... Uh, uh, Paul Rudd goes to, I, I guess it's like the Presidio, and it's turned into a kind of memorial service yeah. for everyone who was lost just in the city. And I thought that was really powerful. Like, that that was really well done. Yeah, um, yeah, I also like Tony having a daughter now is a really nice change of pace. And it's surprising, right? Because already Peter Parker was his surrogate kid, right? Yeah. And, and now they decided to double down and give him a cute little girl worth living for. And it... yeah. I, and, I, and I think she, that was...
0: she is like one of the cutest girls that's like ever been on on like film like oh yeah she's it's great their their interactions her interactions with other people which we can get talk about later like mm-hmm. she is like you instantly understand what he is fighting for because of what he has in this little girl which yeah. is is really cool
1: yeah so i i like all that i don't there, there's a plot point that hawkeye becomes a kind of vigilante in this part of the in in this place and the way they talk about him so Scarlett Johansson and Don Cheadle are discussing like a a mess that was made for a cartel down in Mexico and and it was him and they know that he did it and they're trying to find him and the, they do a thing where they try to make him seem unredeemable here almost like he's gone to a place that he can't recover from and then they never even remotely try to redeem him later right like that i i I don't know if like a scene was cut where he has some like emotional coming to where he's like oh my god what have i done and then he gets flipped back in in the context of this movie though he's kind of just like i am this dark vigilante character oh there's a mission cool (laughs) And, and then he leaves and that was one character that i feel like they didn't really do right by here yeah um i
0: so so for for me um I have long been touting that Tony Stark is the most important thing in the Marvel universe. Um, He's the character that I see the entire series through his eyes. Um, He seems to be the key even before he becomes the literal key. Um, And he has been dealing with like forms of post-traumatic stress disorder for like since the first Avengers film, right? He has constantly been put into things where like he – almost sacrifices himself to try to save people and then the way he tries to recover from that is a thing that causes the downfall of another film and he is constantly trying to i mean the whole reason he becomes iron man is to undo the horrors that he brought on the world by like creating all these weapons and getting rich right Mm -hmm. so he has constantly been on this journey to try to correct things and in this film he is just so broken that he's like no like I, I, I couldn't do what I wanted to do, and then things went wrong, and then things got better, but then they went wrong again, and then, like, we failed, and there's no reason to try anymore. We went and did this thing. It's impossible. The stones are gone. The world's over. I have one thing left, which is my daughter, that I'm trying to rebuild this world. Like, I survived all this thing, lost everything in the world, started a new world with Pepper and my daughter. I, I can't risk any of this stuff because we can't beat Thanos, we're going to fail again, and I just thought that that was like a really impact, it wasn't just him saying, I don't want to be involved in this, it was him saying that like, we will fail, we failed every single time before this, there is nothing we can do, and I'm not going to lose the one thing I have left, Mm -hmm. just to fail again, and then lose even more. Um, To me, that was like a huge, like really, really impactful moment um, that I, I thought was just done really really well
1: yeah i i I believed that though again like hawkeye's arc the speed at which he suddenly turns around because the film needs him to that is the thing that i feel like they didn't handle very well right yeah it's like the span of one night basically where he goes from nothing's going to work i don't even want to hear you out i don't want to listen to it to okay i'm doing this yeah well Uh, and and i get that's a character trait of his like that that is in line with his character it's just For a film that wants you to have some tension. This is a movie without tension, basically, because as soon as a thing is presented that might be an obstacle, they immediately try to solve it.
0: So so why it sort of works for me is because he doesn't decide to help. He decides as a, like, scientific pursuit to crunch the numbers. And it's not until crunching the numbers results in something that he thinks will work that he decides to actually help. It's one of those things where he's like, it's impossible. I don't even want to do it. I'm not going to kill myself trying to warp through time. And then my daughter has no father. And like, it, it's it's like a thing where it's not worth the risk. And he just, as a pursuit of like, you know what? I need to de-stress myself. Let me just like run some simulations on a computer. And then it's not until it works that he's like, okay, fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he goes and he has a talk with Pepper. And then, um, um, that conversation is like, if you have a solution, you need to do it. Yeah. Like I, 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 I think that journey is earned. I don't think what I don't think is earned is uh, he rejects he rejects the proposal before ant-man goes like here's all my data on how quantum stuff works yeah so he has no basis for running simulations right it, it basically implies that if he wanted to he could have invented time travel a long ass time ago yeah, exactly but and, he never thought of trying
1: and my only justification there is like they talked longer before the scene that we see yeah. when they're together because like they cut to him pouring drinks for everybody but maybe they've been talking yeah. before that
0: or maybe they're like I sent you an email with all the yeah. data. <laughs>
1: yeah, and, and that's that's part of the silly thing is like in one night he solves time travel and like he he's Tony Stark. He thought of time travel as a solution for this. Like yeah, yeah. every single fan in the audience thought of time travel as a solution for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, is this where we talk about Fat Thor?
0: Um, so the next section is where we were going to talk about uh, Hawkeye and Fat Thor. Okay. Um, you, you teased a little further ahead, but mm. essentially the next scene is we find the missing Avengers. Um, so we, we saw Hawkeye. Um, real fast, I will just say that I don't know if they were trying to show him as irredeemable, but what I thought is that at that point in time, he understood the context of the world that he was in and he was so upset that pure evil did this to him that he was like, I'm just going to kill anything that I think is evil. And it's Mm -hmm. not that he was irredeemable. It was that like he was trying to change the balance of what he thought the world dealt to him as a card. And I don't care about hawkeye but i understood his motivations where i was like i'm just gonna fucking kill everything that i think is evil um and i could see a story in which that character dives into this deep play like we could watch a film about him just wanting to kill everything and him being a tortured person who's like trying to destroy evil in the world Mm -hmm. so i was fine with that um i don't we'll we'll talk more about him later yeah <laughs> but now going back to Fat Thor so we <laughs> so we basically find drunk Fat Thor and we spend a whole moment to see that he also has PTSD and has turned that into just drinking constantly and hanging out and playing uh video uh, Fortnite with his friends yeah and uh yeah we see Fat Thor so now you can talk about him
1: i in theory i like Fat Thor like i like the idea that he has been brought low I like the fact that he remains Fat Thor through this movie, which means the next Guardians is going to have Fat Thor, which is cool with me. I yeah. mean, like, Chris Helmsworth has always been, like, I think a better comic actor than he has been a serious actor, yeah. so it's totally fine to give him those chops. This scene just felt so out of place for me, and maybe it's just because the the jokes weren't working. They tried to go very, very, very broad, huh, um, and <laughs> made... They, they they try to just be like, look, he's chugging beer, he's playing video games, he's going to give some talk as if he's all put together, but he'll be slurring and crying halfway through. And it, yeah. it, to, to me, it just didn't fit with the character or the tone of the movie. And even and it didn't help that, you know, I, I was in a very um, sympathetic crowd to the movie, right? I think midnight showing on a Thursday, you're going to get that. People were laughing so loud at Fat yeah. Thor, and the gap between their laughter and where I was, where I was like, "Yeah, okay, I see what you're you're doing there." Yeah, yeah. there's just something there where, like, when you hear people like, you hear the popcorn coming out of their mouth while they're like, "Fat Thor, <laughs> Fortnite," <laughs> it just yeah. So that felt like more of the fan servicey stuff that I didn't like.
0: Th- this film had many, many moments where people threw their hands up and cheered. Mm-hmm. Um, they were like four guys halfway down the road that I was in who when he picks up the mic and yells and it cuts to the screen you see that they're playing Fortnite they went oh my god Thor plays Fortnite and it was like Fortnite (laughs) nice (laughs) I was like I just couldn't believe that like one of the loudest cheers that happened until something that we'll talk about later um was (laughs) freaking kids that play Fortnite being excited that Fortnite was shown in this Marvel film Mm -hmm. um which is definitely going to date this film yeah (laughs)
1: um but, and this is five years in the future so they're really putting their bets on fortnite <laughs> yeah
0: for real uh well i mean i guess if yeah first of all if half the planet got destroyed <laughs> who are you matchmaking in fortnite
1: <laughs> i don't know there's still people
0: <laughs> i feel like if everyone i know got like disapparated i would have no but a, dis- a lot of
1: fortnite players don't know anyone else in the real world so maybe they don't even know that anything happened right they haven't left that basement this is
0: great my mom yeah they don't know (laughs) they've been down there for five years wondering like it's cool mom hasn't made me go to sleep yet
1: (laughs) bandwidth on the server is so much lighter now (laughs)
0: Uh, (laughs) um but yeah so yeah I i think i think fat thor was one of the first times that i started to it's the first time that the fan service really kind of Ign- uh, not ignored me, uh, annoyed me a little bit. And that's because, like, I'm on board with. PTSD Thor, but like making him fat Thor and making him drink and then like making him play Fortnite and like I'm just up here in the thing. That spent that that felt like just like let's give him time to be comedic, mm-hmm. and it didn't feel like it added much. Like just seeing him in that condition was enough for us to go like oh shit he's really like let himself go. But like spending so much time with him in that condition was just not a thing that like. It grated on me a little bit because I was like, No, that's not the film we're in. We're not in Thor three, right? Yeah, we're in the end game. Yeah, we're in the end game now. Um, so so yeah, that was one of the moments where I was like, I get it. I like see I like seeing him that way. I just don't need to see him that way now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a little bit annoying. Um later on, when he like lightnings up and then suddenly his like nasty beard is just braided suddenly. I was mm-hmm. like, Okay, that's cool. I don't know why it is, but it's cool. <laughs> Well, we'll get to that later. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah. So, now we get to the part that is either going to be great or not great for people that are watching this film. And that's all the time travel missions. Uh, so, we have uh, essentially four missions. We have Captain uh, Captain America, Ant-Man, Iron Man, and the Hulk go back to the Battle of New York. And they're basically trying to get uh, both the uh, Time Stone and they're trying to get the Mind Stone. Um, and, uh, is that it? No, not Time Stone. Sorry. Yeah, Hulk's getting the Time Stone. Um, Captain America is getting the Mind Stone um, from Hydra agents. Stark and Ant Man are trying to get the Space Stone, but lose it uh, to Loki, who disappears. Um, <laughs> yep. What did you think of this whole experience?
1: I I had enough fun with it that I didn't care about the holes, like. There are things here that this continues in the fan service realm where I didn't the joke didn't work for me. Captain America and the elevator didn't work for me nearly as much as it did for other people. I think you were more pro Cap and elevator camp. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was. Um, the whole like subplot of like use Ant Man to trigger a heart attack as a distraction and stuff. All, all, all that kind of felt like silly to me, but it it, it was fun. I, I liked revisiting New York. Uh, I particularly liked the presence of uh tilda swinton immediately recognizing that hulk was from a different dimension yeah and like being this kind of character who can just step totally outside of that dimension and have a conversation about what is going on yeah, uh, yeah. i like that a lot i thought that was cool um and i don't know i i'm a sucker for like geography so the the recognition that they all have that like oh, Doctor Strange is in, like, the, the village, so we can go there at the same time. Like, I, I kind of like that. I thought yeah, it was yeah. cool. But in general, this was way more of fun, comic booky, and a good way to revisit the the scenes that we've been to before. So that the overall conceit of we are going to revisit previous movies, dig it, love it, totally into it. It's a lot of fun. I, I don't feel like they did anything here to elevate it beyond just, like, a fun idea, but that, yeah. that's fine.
0: Yeah, I think that this is where, like, you know, obviously, before they start the time travel stuff, they have this big th- moment where they're arguing and they're just listing every single time travel movie ever. And this is where they do their uh, Back to the Future 2 stuff, yeah. uh, where they're present within the timeline of the other stuff. I I like it in concept, but it is in a lot of places played for laughs. And this is, once again, where it's like fan service-y stuff that sort of didn't uh, excite me that much. But then there are moments that are... Uh, semi that are semi fan servicey that I think did play well for me. Um, yeah, as you mentioned, the elevator scene, like, because p- in the previous film where he's like, "Oh, I think these people are bad," and he's like, "Oh, you might want to get off" or whatever he says in that other movie, and then he fights them. Mm-hmm. And in this moment, with the added knowledge that he has, like, you expect that fight scene to happen, and then he just flips on his head with his hail Hydra moment, which yeah. I just thought was really really cool because everybody's like, oh, oh he must be Hydra," <laughs> um, but then the fact that like he meets himself. And I don't know why that scene worked so well for me. (laughs) Like, just the idea of him having to fight himself being equally matched. There is something that I just really, really liked about the way that plays out. And it's like, he also recognizes, like, there's a scene in, uh, maybe it's in the second Thor films, where Loki is trying to uh, annoy people. And at one point he turns – he makes himself look like Captain America and he delivers some hokey line that's like acknowledging how everybody hates Captain America. Yeah. Um. And like in this moment where like during the fight he realizes how hokey he was back then. And yeah. like that self-aware stuff, that sort of fan service is perfect because just seeing him like when he's like, I can do this all day. He's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> he gets up <laughs> and just goes to fight himself. Like I, I love that stuff because mm-hmm. that is just being self-aware. But in the moment, like – if you really were in that situation, you would have that comedic reaction. It's not just you trying to be funny and coming out with comedic experiences. It is you, like, just realizing, that, like, oh, God damn it. let's <laughs> right. to go fight now. Um, so that scene, like, totally worked with me.
1: Also, America's ass. I like it. Yeah, that
0: that, 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 that totally worked for me, too.
1: Um. <laughs> Any joke about Captain America, I'm totally cool with. Oh, yeah,
0: 100%. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so that so that 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 was that was cool. Um, I also really like that they get fucked over in this situation. That something doesn't work out. That like you know, Hulk having to take the stairs ends up in destroying their their perfectly quote unquote um, put together plan. And now they're stuck and they have to make hard decisions. Um, obviously, they have a plan that will undo the bad thing that's happened. Um, and when we get to plot holes, we'll talk more about the scene in a little bit too. Um, but I I I really enjoyed just. The fact that everything they don't just warp to these times come back and they're like cool let's go fight thanos now or or, or whatever right like it's it is a there are consequences for their actions things don't work out the way they expected and things have to be complicated in another way that results in more emotional payoff Mm -hmm. um so there's that um so rocket and thor go to asgard um to try to get the uh reality Stone. Yep, the reality stone. Sure. <laughs> um, given we both don't care for Fat Thor, mm-hmm. did this scene pay off for you?
1: Uh, I mean, for me, no, because it's the double whammy of me not really caring for Fat Thor and, and having not watch, seen yeah, yeah. Thor The Dark World, which I get. That they lay it up enough that you get the context, right? It, it isn't like I was confused by what was going on, but yeah. I had no emotional investment in any of what was going on. Um, and I also just feel like Rocky Raccoon and Thor means it's two comedic characters together in this world. The interplay again between comedy and not comedy of like Thor getting ready to, what is he even going to do? He's going to woo Natalie Portman while he like looks fat and disheveled. <laughs> like a, their their plan, their plan didn't really make sense, and they teeter between the comedy of like I'm going, no, I'm not going, but I'm going, no, I'm going to cry to my mom that I, I. This to me fell more flat than any other part of the movie.
0: Um this this scene redeemed thor for me oh, um shit. i i was not happy to be there i thought that whole conceit was hokey that the, yeah they were going to just going to find her passed out um and then stab her with the thing and then suck the stuff out of her and then be like okay cool we're out of here um but when he does run into his mom um i was i had a fear that it was going to be very like uh very star-lordy where like he was going to do something stupid because he saw his mom and he wanted to talk to her given that she's dead in mm-hmm. his timeline but it ended up working so well. You have the context of like the ancient one style thing where she recognizes that he's out of place and she he's not her Thor. Um and just the conversation they have and the getting that emotional beat for him to talk to her one more time, her acknowledgement of like, you know, the Doc Brown thing of don't tell me what's about to happen to me and yeah. also the like That was like lifted straight from Back to the Future. <laughs> oh yeah, a hundred percent. Um <laughs> you know, we just didn't have the scene later on where she's like, remember <laughs> Um But I just that scene, like, that was one of the first times that I teared up is the conversation with his mom and him, like, being the broken person that he is and, like, talking to her and getting this sort of strength from her and her understanding of the situation that he's in. And just, like, everything about that scene ended up being something that I really, really loved when it started being a thing that I was like, can we just cut back to the other people? Because I really don't care about this. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for me, it worked. Um sucks that you didn't have that experience with it but it it just i i I don't know that you would have gotten more of experience having seen uh like is his
1: mom a big part of dark world i mean it's all
0: asgard related stuff so she's present and she does die so there are emotional beats that are related but like it i think most of it most of this comes from having a wise oracle-y type person who is your mother versus the pain that you're feeling I, mm-hmm. I think that 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 it could potentially stand on its own because i don't have much carryover from watching that film so it was mostly just like taking what i was seeing and experiencing it that way i don't know mm-hmm. so i don't know that you would have liked it more having watched it but maybe it would have been elevated a little bit sure Um so now the thing that we referenced earlier, the next scene is uh Black Widow and Hawkeye go to get the soul stone. Yeah. And they totally make sense that the two of them
1: would be space. The two people who have no
0: powers have to go to the strange, weird, mystical rock and can uh, can we
1: pause again and, and just say how they they explain, quote, why Captain Marvel isn't here, but how like infuriating it is that Captain Marvel isn't here and now we have fucking Hawkeye. In space, <laughs> getting getting the soul stone. I get from a, <laughs> a script mechanics why they had to do that. It's just like Captain Marvel could have obviously done all of this in one go in the no, past. But C-
0: Captain Marvel wouldn't have been able to get the soul stone specifically, though.
1: Oh, sure, that's the one she wouldn't have been able to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So, I mean, she really only has access to the space stone um, in the past because that was the Tesseract. But she, I don't think she ever came in contact with any of the other stones. Yeah, in but her there's no law
1: around. that says you have to be the one who was there, right? Ra- like Rocket wasn't in Asgard and he still shows up in Asgard. Yeah, but for he's this. going
0: with a person who knows that the pres- like so it, so any the only people who went on the missions were the people who were present and know what's happening at the time because mm-hmm. they have it's like a like uh you know, some other character in Back to the Future 2, like if Doc Brown went back to the dance and tried to change things, he has no knowledge about what's happening around that time. So he can't really.
1: Yeah, I, I just mean their their mission here, again, script wise, I get why they did it. It makes way more sense to have people who had been there be yeah. there. It makes it be more emotional. It makes it be more nostalgic. All they have to do here, it isn't that they have to change the future in a delicate way. They just have to collect this fucking stone that they know where it is, right? Yeah. That's all they got to do in all of this. And you have a godlike character who could totally do that. And the reason that she's not around is that there, it's a big universe and she's helping other people. But this is half of all universe coming back so it's obvious <laughs> this is obviously supersedes whatever else you're doing and it it's a silly script thing that like they made that not happen just so they could you know add more stakes to the
0: thing but think about how many secondary big bads are just destroying the rest of the universe now that all the good people and all those other planets are gone
1: sure yeah yeah whatever <laughs> I, I think half of all life of the universe is obviously the number one agenda item <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. we're just one little planet steven just one little planet
1: but we're not one little universe, and Thanos snapped the whole universe. Yeah. But whatever. I don't care. Anyway, yeah. we're at the Soul Stone now, which, as you mentioned, is the one she definitely couldn't have done on her own.
0: <laughs> I mean, unless she's going to go back in time, bring Rambo, and then throw Rambo off a cliff. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Hawkeye, Black Widow, they realize that one of them has to die, and then they have a ridiculous <laughs> fight <laughs> to let the other one kill them. <laughs> so they're fighting to die
1: yeah they're fighting Uh, to die uh, yeah
0: um which is definitely less interesting than if they both realize that the other one has to die and try to kill the other person Mm. (laughs) maybe i don't know no that
1: would not be that would not be a good hero moment
0: oh no we but we don't need hero moments now we just need solving the problem um but yeah so i mean contextually we like if we're doing like the trolley problem (laughs) Right? Like, Black Widow should die. She literally has nothing back home unless you count Hulk, but she is the one that is most sacrificial in this thing she her entire past doesn't exist she was just like this weird rogue agent person she doesn't have a family now she hasn't been trying for a family now she's just this person who cares about the other members of the team like you know she she has a seeming love for the hulk and like the struggle he has between the person he is and the person he wants to be she cares for captain america and like him having lost so much time being frozen in the ice or whatever like she has all these emotional respectful potentially loving relationships with all of these characters but she also has nothing of herself that she's going back to if they all survive so purely math on paper she should be the one that sacrifices herself having her fight for that with a character who has been gone for the last movie and who we only have like cool he's back and he's got a new haircut and he has a sword now Uh, but, like, we have no reason for them to both want to survive. Jeremy Renner is the one that we would kill if we just arbitrarily didn't care. But, obviously, if we're trying to do emotional stakes, Scarlett Johansson should die. So why is this fight supposed to make us feel impactful?
1: Right, so I I don't think the fight part matters, but I'm, I'm one of these weird aliens who thought Hawkeye was the one who was supposed to die, and I thought that was obvious because I mentioned before his vigilante past they seem to have been painting a picture of like he's done some unredeemable stuff right like that's the only reason I can think of that uh again, Don Cheadle and Scarlet are having that conversation about like you see the mess he left in Juarez or whatever like like whatever the conversation was, yeah, it, and the only way everybody knows the loophole when you have a flawed. Character that did bad things That might be redeemed we'll call it the the Jamie Lannister loophole is that, <laughs> And I have no spoilers for anything here so this Is just me saying the way you Take a character the Vader loophole right You take a character that You want to have a redemption arc but they've done really bad shit, and we don't want to grapple with the reality of a person who did terrible things suddenly being good and what yeah. that means for justice is you make them die in some heroic way, right? Yeah, yeah. Make them redeem themselves and then die. and That's, like, the best-case scenario. And and so plot-wise, I thought, like, okay, yeah, this is uh, – Carson has been calling this movie Rend Game for Jeremy Renner. Yeah. I – he didn't know that Jeremy Renner was going to play such an outsized role here, but it it wound up being pretty true like yeah, we'll yeah. get to it in the future, like in another part of this movie too, like Hawkeye gets quite a bit to do here um I thought he was supposed to die, and I thought like the movie was telegraphing he was going to die, and I thought making uh Scarlet die instead was a big reversal of the obvious script thing to do, and I get the family element he has a family to live for she doesn't but I don't know. There, there's more than just family in, yeah. in these universes. And I was very surprised, actually, that she did it. I don't think a fight was the right way to do it. I think yeah. they should have both thought they agreed, and she should have tacitly agreed to let him jump and then done something and jumped, right? Like, basically do the first thing without having a back and forth where they're like, both Like, the thing trying. she does
0: at the end where she jumps off and hooks yep. him and then, like, lets herself die. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think for me, if I can get to one potential loophole early from, like, loophole discussion... um we don't really know the rules of how this soul stone works. We do know that it is trading one soul for the soul stone.
1: But it's supposed to be the thing you love most in the world.
0: But even beyond that, what we know is you, the person who will wield the soul stone, must make a sacrifice that involves you trading the thing that you love for this thing that you need. There is a potential reality in which... Jeremy Renner jumps off, kills himself, and nothing happens.
1: Because he's not the thing that she loves.
0: Well, no, no, no. no, no, That's not even what I'm concerned about. Mm. Like, if I can just talk about, like, world building and rules. Like, Thanos kills Gamora. He grabs her, throws her off. Her death is caused by Thanos, Mm -hmm. who loves her. He trades the thing he loves by literally sacrificing her. He wields the death. He causes it to happen. Jeremy Renner killing himself... If he loved himself the most, technically his dead self would have the soul stone, but he couldn't use it, right? It doesn't make sense that if, like, if Scarlett Johansson stabbed him through the chest with his own sword, she would be killing a thing she loves and she would get the soul stone. Mm. Personally, I believe that if you commit suicide, who gets the stone? You are causing the death of yourself I, I just... It, it seems silly to me. It's a brain for me. <laughs> <laughs> it just... I mean, like, once again, I didn't read comics. I don't know how the soul stone works. I'm just saying, based on the information that's presented, like, if, if somebody went there alone, like, let's pretend Hawkeye just went there by himself and jumped off the cliff, uh, would the stone just appear at the bottom of the cliff next to his body? Would it appear at the top and anybody could come pick it up? Or does it only appear to the person who did the sacrificing? So I just don't get... How, like, why that scene was written in a way where, in theory, if the initial offering was allowed to like happen on its own, it would just be Jeremy Renner committing suicide, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then who would get the stone? I just—it seemed silly to me in a way that I like. Not only was the battle silly of them like doing stuff and like shooting an arrow to explode her and drop on the ground. No, I'm jumping. Like all of that, or like, what if she missed the catch when she dove off and they just Mm -hmm. both die? (laughs) That'd be funny. Um, so, yeah. Then it would just be the script that was being sacrificed. Yeah. Uh, and all of us watching would get the soul stone. Mm. Um, but, yeah, that just seems very, very silly to yeah, me. Yeah,
1: my nitpick is more general. that I don't know anything in any of the other movies to say that they're even in each other's top five. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, the yeah. idea of that being at all equivalent to Thanos killing Gamora. Like, apparently Thanos could have just dragged anybody up and thrown him off.
0: But 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 also, like the 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 insecure part of me deep inside would totally believe that they would have a love thing together because they're both not superheroes. Mm-hmm. They're both they're the two people on this team who literally can't do anything but be really skilled at normal human stuff. So I could see them having like a a bond that no one else has because nobody can understand the like inferiority complex of being a part of the avengers without having powers. Sure. <laughs> so like I can I can believe there's a loving thing, but he also has a wife and kids and there's not like a lot of sexual chemistry chemistry between them. Yeah. So who knows?
1: And I mean Linda Cardellini, like <laughs> come on. Uh but anyway, I think yeah, The other thing that I don't like about this is just conceptually, it brings Black Widow out of the game before she's gotten to really do any fighting at yeah. all, which sucks, right? Like, she's one of the Avengers. Yeah. She has kind of famously been given a short shrift. Of course, Hawkeye has too. But yeah. it I don't know. I, I know the new movie is coming, and so we know there's going to be more of her. So maybe it was okay to trade that here. But it just felt it felt unnecessary. Like you could have prolonged the death without making it happen that early.
0: Yeah, yeah. But they also, I think there's separation from a death that we'll talk about later that is like, it's just purely there so that it's not like, oh, and these three people died during the final battle. Yeah. Aren't we all sad? It's they want to put a lot of weight on one really, really important death. Mm -hmm. And then they're also killing somebody who either doesn't want to be in the movies anymore or whatever the issue is. Mm -hmm. Um, But essentially it's just like, Oh, and also you have to be killed, but let's space it out enough so that people aren't like mixing their emotions with you and this. Mm-hmm. Um, the one last thing I'll say about the scene is while most of it didn't work for me, when everybody warps back to present and they all realize that she's gone, that hit me. Mm-hmm. Because you're not, no longer thinking about the context of how it happened or why it happened. You're just experiencing all these people who succeeded in their mission being really happy that they're doing it and they did it and then realizing that she's gone and then the way that like it's a moment of yeah we did it, high five fuck take the high five back oh this fucking sucks and yeah. like that was really emotionally satisfying for me so it was kind of like all right i'll allow it <laughs> cool uh, last one uh nebula and war machine go after the power stone trying to get it from guardians of the galaxy <laughs> essentially um and the interesting thing here is the whole situation with Nebula not being able to work back right away, encountering some weird connection between herself and that reality and her present self, and then being swapped. Uh, did that work for you?
1: I, yes. So, I mean, at first, the idea of the two characters I care least about going to the place that was not really remarkable in Guardians, right? As, as yeah, far yeah. as I remember, that wasn't a big part of the story. No, it was, um,
0: like, literally the opening where he's just dancing around and then takes the stone yeah, and exactly. then gets arrested immediately.
1: At, at first, I was like, "New Jesus, why are we here, right? This, this, this is no fun, and you didn't even bring me, like, an entertaining character along for the ride. Um, but the presence of Nebula in this universe being somewhat entangled with the Nebula in the original universe, I, like again i don't know the quote science behind it but i buy that more easily than a lot of things like maybe they're broadcasting on the same frequency right maybe there there's a lot of ways that that could happen and i think that opening up the idea that thanos from this universe could enter ours uh, i i like that i thought that was a really clever thing to do so even though i didn't care at all about their mission which wasn't even a mission it was just like walk into a cave right knock Um, out
0: knock him out Yeah, go in there before he goes in there and do it
1: yep even though i didn't care about that i did like what it opened up i i appreciated the way that they did that
0: yeah i i i think exactly as you said like just that idea that thanos not like so then we we know that thanos has been on this ridiculous mission that sort of was happening during the credits of all the other movies and then he gets that moment where because of this connection between like the daughter that he made Nebula, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like seeing that connection and then sort of like, she's always been sort of the bastard child in that, like she hasn't been as celebrated as Gamora and she's always been there. And she like, the reason why she's loyal to her father is because she's trying to prove herself. So the fact that he's like using her in such this violent way to get this information. And then he finds out that like, yes, I've succeeded at this. And, there is something really interesting about this guy who's on this mission that he doesn't even know if it'll work, getting the proof that it does work, and then being like, you know what? Why well, I go through all the trouble of collecting these stones when I can just use... Like, he immediately understands what's happening. He's like, oh, I see. Like, they're not from here. This isn't my actual daughter. This is like a daughter from a different thing. Like, the timestamp thing was silly, but it wasn't that silly. Like, it made sense to me, like, in context. Oh,
1: God, yeah. That that was a, a plot hole. Is, there's a moment where... Th- they already know this is entangled with another version uh, of Nebula who's here. We're mining her memories. Wait a minute. Zoom in on the mirror in that memory. That's Nebula! Like, well, you so, know that's fucking Nebula. That's the whole idea. So they, they know that there's some sort of interference. They don't necessarily know
0: exactly what it is. They've yet. already
1: been talking about it as other Nebula for like five minutes at that point. Have they? Yeah, they for sure have. Okay watch it again when you watch it again tomorrow watch that scene it's right. dumb as fuck i will <laughs> anyways
0: i'm 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 fine with it in context and just the fact that he's like i've already done it i know it will work when i complete it this is the shorthand they're all collecting the stones why not just go there mm-hmm. and then fuck them up take it and then do exactly what i was going to do anyways and that's the interesting thing is his plan is so matter of fact he doesn't even care if it's his dimension or reality that he fixes. He just wants to fix a reality that he will be present in, uh, which is like it. Once again, it separates his maniacalness from like just being a guy who wants to hurt people. It's like so matter of fact that he's like, I don't even care. I'm inevitable. <laughs> like, it, it, there's something really dark and interesting about it. Um,
1: Do you think he can snap and destroy all dimensions at the same time?
0: uh i don't know maybe you need like a full infinity armor that has Mm -hmm. like all of the stones from a bunch of realities in all of the hands yeah um but yeah so that i i just thought that was really it was really really interesting and it went from being a thing that like oh this is fun time jumping to being like oh fuck this is gonna this is where this is what it's coming to and this is gonna be really gnarly Mm -hmm. um so yeah going on undoing the snap hulk wears the glove he undoes the snap and uh, Thanos' ship arrive, and then just fucks everything up. Yeah. Um. So e- here's... I like the idea of Tony Stark building a gauntlet and then putting the stones in it. That will obviously be important later. Mm-hmm. Here's my problem. There's a whole movie where they explain... Like, in the last film, Thor has lost his hammer from the pre- from the previous Thor movie. They go to this, they go to Dingledorf. <laughs> sure, yeah. Who's this special guy who has made all these special weapons that only he can forge and only in this giant forge in the dying star, blah, 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 blah. While we're there, we see the other gauntlet. Mm-hmm. The gauntlets were made as a pair, which implies that the gauntlet itself is special in some way. It was mm. made by Dinkledorf to be able to handle wielding all of the stones together. Why can Tony Stark make an Iron Man glove that can wield the stones? This is fucking Tony. <laughs> I just there there is something there that is to me. Well, that's well, a here's huge. one thing
1: he can't really. Like he can't do it in a way that doesn't like dramatically fuck over the person wielding it, right? Yeah,
0: but that, that's the the same thing is true for the previous thing, right? But so, w-
1: so we only know that's true for destroying the stone, right? We have this moment, kind of like like when Dumbledore tries to destroy a Horcrux or whatever, where like Thanos says it nearly broke him. But
0: even the first snap super fucks up the gauntlet itself. Mm. Like when the when in 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 Infinity War when they when he snaps and everything happens, like, smoke's flying off of the gauntlet, and he's like, <laughs> Like, it definitely seemed like it hurt him to do that. And mm. part of the thing is that Thanos himself is this titan who is really, really strong and can handle that. Um, so I don't think that, like, I don't think that the glove itself, like it's not the snap that hurts. It's simply wielding all of that power is almost too much. That's why they give it to Thor. In, uh, uh, yeah, uh, Sorry, that's why they give it to Hulk in the first place sure, yeah. is because he can handle that much right, energy. I'm
1: just saying maybe it's both, right? Maybe maybe the official gauntlet is still better at absorbing it yeah. than this one is. I don't know.
0: But yeah, did you like that scene in general?
1: Sure, yeah. I, I like the idea of Hulk being the one to wield it. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like the the time that they wait in anticipation of him snapping is kind of like... Like, that's just to build suspense and give Nebula time to solve her mission, yeah. um, which, which is kind of silly, like, that that she would time it for right then instead of, like, 20 minutes earlier or something, you know? Uh, but but it was fine. What? A, well, she, I, I, she I can only like bring it.
0: something into her current spot. Like, she can't time them to 20 minutes earlier than she's using the machine. So she had to, like, wait till they were ready to start doing something so that she could go sneak away and do this without somebody looking. Right. I'm
1: just surprised this is the first moment that she's been alone. But who knows? Whatever. It's fine. Because I, cause I feel like they have a whole funeral for, like, Black Widow, right? There's plenty of time that she could <laughs> she have snuck away. Sure. <laughs> it isn't like this is 10 minutes after they do the original thing. This is, like, the next day or something.
0: Yeah. I... Like so we, so we see Thanos coming through the portal, or his ship you, coming you through the talks portal. You haven't talked about
1: the second time jump, by the way. Uh, That is
0: true. We haven't. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, going back... <laughs> well, I, I, I offhandedly mentioned that they have to go re- repair something else. Sure, yes. yeah. Tony goes back in time. Uh, Tony and uh, Captain America go back in time even further to a point in time where they have both the Pym Particles and uh, the Space Stone present at the same time, and he encounters Father Stark... Mm-hmm. Um, and gets this moment where they bond over talking about childhood uh, or or of bringing children into the world um, about what to name their child.
1: Yeah, the normal <laughs> conversation you'd have with a stranger that's in your basement. Yeah.
0: Um, what, I mean, you brought it up. What did you want to say about it?
1: Oh, yeah, not, not much. I, it's one of those things that I like better in the screenplay than I do maybe in execution. I think the idea that Tony... They they found yet again at the same time and place where Tony will see his dad and Cap will see Peggy again, right? Yeah. And that that like that's clever. I I like that. I feel like the long conversation with his dad is kind of like super on the nose in a fan servicey way that maybe I didn't like so much. Yeah,
0: I I really like the encountering his dad and just how off kilter he is and him dealing with the fact that he knows what's happening there and him trying to like. Tony his way out of the awkwardness of the situation but Mm -hmm. still like being in that situation and knowing that like this is a flavor of his dad that he doesn't know anymore because it's outside of the context of just him being his father. It's like two men talking man to man about Mm -hmm. life and what they're doing and whether or not he, he knew what he was doing as he was going to become a father and like there's just so many levels that are working there. Um that like that that was another time that got me like super emotional is watching yeah
1: that. what what I what I didn't buy is like the last thing his dad says which is like uh I hope he doesn't turn out like me because I I tend to be in it just for myself I'm pretty here are my character flaws like like I don't know that, yeah. again whatever in, in in the movie in the, it's fine it's just like not a believable character moment to me
0: yeah yeah I think for me what I really didn't like about that scene is that Peggy moment because for me It'd be one thing if he saw her from afar, but he's standing fucking creepily right on the other side of that window, and there's no way she doesn't sense his presence. Mm. She's She literally goes to a cabinet that's on the opposite side of the... Like, I know he's standing in a dark room, but we get camera shots from, the, from her vantage point. You can clearly see Captain America standing there, even if it didn't look like Captain America, <laughs> if he was wearing some, like, frickin', like, he was drinking Paul just potion or whatever the hell it's called. Like, yeah. Like just it's so ridiculous to me that she wouldn't be like fuck who's the scary person standing behind this mirror uh like they could have shot that any other way but they wanted a scene where you see him through the glass and her reflection on the other side of the glass right like somebody's like the shot will be incredible
1: see i'm fine i'm always fine for a good shot even if it doesn't make any sense (laughs) so i'm there for that and at this point i was certain how captain america would end but we'll get into that okay um
0: Cool. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, we covered all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Just, just now jumping back to undoing the snap. Um, obviously, we know Thanos is now present in that reality. We mm-hmm. know crazy shit's going to happen. I was not prepared for the, like, callback to Iron Man 3 where they just, like, nuke the shit out of, like, the entire building and just, like, yeah. wreck everyone. That was a very... Like, I... That moment of, like, Hulk being like, oh, I'm finally coming back. And then just seeing, like, huh? What is that up there in the sky? And then just explosions... Ant Man just getting wrecked, all the shit collapsing. Like that was like a very like oh fuck moment. Sure, but to isn't me.
1: it again? This is comic book logic. But isn't it crazy that they all survived totally fine from that? Oh I mean, like, yeah, it's t- fucking super crazy. Hawkeye survived. I mean, it make- <laughs> <laughs> it, if any, if there was ever a time when Hawkeye should have died, it was right then. Yeah, yeah, right as his family <laughs> is operating brought that to life.
0: Um yeah yeah no that that's that that is true but i just thought that moment of like they don't even get a chance to celebrate having completed their mission it's just they're immediately rocked by like a huge hailstorm of all these missiles that just takes down everything i just thought that was super fucking awesome yeah um all right now the fun stuff now we're in the end game <laughs> now we're in the end game for sure uh basically the thanos fight uh thanos summons like a trillion people to come destroy the earth um all the snapped heroes get snapped back into the battlefield by uh dr strange's like cool portal magic yeah um crazy fight happens uh and then there's like the fun stuff with hawkeye trying to keep the gauntlet away from other people and then the passing of the gauntlet all that stuff uh thanos gets the gauntlet back um and then yeah we'll we'll save the next bit for separately so did this entire scene work for you um was this battle worth it or was it just a mess to you like what did you think of this whole section
1: so here's where i'm totally illogical because i usually don't like the big epic cg mess of a battle and this the choreography and geography of this is no better than any of the others right like there's no real reason that i should like this so much more than the infinity war battle that is the exact same fight right But I did, and I think it's just because knowing that this is the real emotional conclusion of everything put me in the headspace where I could just, like, sit back and enjoy the insanity of it. I think there is some very silly fan service stuff that happens. Like, we were referencing before, basically, Captain Marvel shows up, and she destroys their whole ship, which is awesome. And then she's going to go after Thanos, and it's like, she won't be alone. She has help here are eight pretty not powerful characters <laughs> who are women <laughs>
0: um, to yeah.
1: stand there and like look at the camera. Uh, th- things like that, obviously, were a little bit like Marvel trying too hard. But even that, I didn't care because I'm like, I'm okay with Cheesy now. I'm okay with the PR stunts. I'm okay with everything because you're in the endgame. Yeah. And I-, I feel like watching the big spectacle was very gratifying to me, especially the moment where Captain America keeps fighting and fighting and fighting. And he's almost dead. I thought for a second, oh, maybe he won't—he won't live with Peggy like I predicted. Maybe yeah. he's gonna die in battle right here. I believed that was gonna happen, and then like him standing up and getting ready to do it again, even though the whole army is coming at yeah. him, only to then have you know the Lloyds of Gondor or whatever show up and save the day. <laughs> um, I—I I, like that. I, I like that a lot. I thought that was a really, really, really good note for his character and for my money even though the ending will have a different one, that is the conclusion of the Captain America story that I like, which is, here's the guy who maybe annoys you because he's so goddamn optimistic all the time. He's never going to give up. Now we're going to see never giving up as a bright beacon of hope in a world that is about to go to hell. And I I like that. I I, I thought that was really good.
0: I, I I think this is like, it was this beginning of this fight where I was like, I now like Captain America. <laughs> it was like seeing him, like, as you said, like before it was like, these are all the things that annoy you about Captain America. Um, he sucks. I hate him. He's so annoying. And then it was like, no, this is what all those annoying characteristics look like in reality. When you find out that it wasn't just him with this idea, it was like in like, if I can take it to another series in Wonder Woman, right? She has all these morals and things but we never understand why she has them. It's just mm-hmm. like, I gotta be good and save innocent people and let's go do that. And it, it's that is fun in a fish out of water kind of way where she doesn't understand how the world works. She's literally in a superhero movie and doesn't understand that there's normal humans who have like gray areas on things like that. She's just like, I gotta be good. Mm-hmm. Um, Captain America lives in reality and he's just this, like, little wimpy kid who's like, no, being good is great. <laughs> like, <laughs> he is the character who would love and idolize Superman, right? Yeah. He stands for truth, justice, the American way or whatever. <laughs> um, and I feel like Captain Marvel I and mean, Captain America has just been annoying and too much of this idea of a character. And then this is a point where it's like he respects the power that he has. He is creating great responsibility for that great power mm-hmm. <laughs> and seeing him literally exhaust himself as much as he can to the point of knowing he will probably die in this fight. Like, there, there's a moment, too, where he gets knocked down and he, it's like, the whole joke with him is he always gets back up. Yeah. And there's this moment You're where, like... You're going to bring him down. Yeah. <laughs> there's, this, there's this moment where, like, you feel like he wants to get up. Like, it's the scene where you should be yelling, like,
1: get up, get up get
0: up get up and then because of the way the camera is locked off on him really really close on his face i thought for sure thanos's blade was going to go into his back mm-hmm. and he was going to be dead um but he gets up he doesn't say i can do this all day which for the first time i actually missed i really wanted him to say i can do this all day before he goes and ties off his thing i wonder mm-hmm. if there's a cut where he says it um but that moment is just i was just like you know what Fuck yeah, Captain America! Yeah, (laughs) so I, I, like I, this film made me. I mean, it is a slow progression too, but I mean, it really made me come around to who he is as a character.
1: I'm into it. If I can have a nitpick, it's again why, why is Hawkeye the one with the gauntlet? Like of all the people in the world who should be holding the gauntlet right now. Why Hawkeye? He's the least likely to be able to protect it from anyone.
0: It, it he, but that's the thing is he's the only one who can't fight against the people they're fighting, right? Mm-hmm. So he is the character who. So script
1: wise, again, I get why it's Hawkeye. It's just yeah, tactically, yeah. I don't get it.
0: Yeah, yeah, like it, it, it. It's sort of like the big battle scene in um in. Uh, psh- into the spider-verse right where it's like miles you hold this usb stick Mm -hmm. (laughs) we will fight all the bad things you just don't die and that's sort of like what hawkeye is doing in that moment um now before we get to the big stuff at the end captain america gets a great moment which is fan servicey but is so awesome when he gets to wield thor's hammer Mm. um did that scene work for you
1: Sure. Uh, again, that, that that's paying off the Ultron stuff, right, of like them trying to pick up the hammer and not yeah. be able to do it. Uh, yeah, I liked it. It, w- it was good. And it, it's a cool battle thing from now on, yeah. even though now on may not last so it's, long.
0: It's funny, too, because in the moment where like the three of them are ready to start fighting Thanos and Thor grabs both of the things, pulls it out, I thought for sure... Uh, Captain America was gonna take like a step forward and he was just gonna like stop him, like put his hand in front of him holding the hammer and just be like, take this, and then he right. was gonna wield it then. And then it didn't happen, so I'm like, all right, whatever. And then like once he wields it, and the fact that he doesn't just wield it, he like wields the shit out of it. Like it's not just like, oh, I took it and I threw the hammer. It's that like, first of all, Thor recognizes it as like Yep, knew it yeah and then he like does the lightning shit he's like throw it he, there's there's this move that's so fucking rad where he throws his shield and then throws the hammer into the shield and like the concussion wave yep. which is sort of a callback to when he was fighting uh thor in mm-hmm. the right. other movie um he like uses that as a way to like knock down thanos just for a second so that he can run back up and then get a good hit on him mm-hmm. like there was just a really interesting way of like you have Thor wielding both the hammer and the axe but then when he gets the hammer he's wielding both the shield and the hammer in a way mm-hmm. that's like using them it feels once again much like into the spider verse where people are using their powers in very specific ways that are uh inventive uh, i right. thought was super awesome um uh but yeah i like i love that moment everyone in my like when he first throws the hammer and then it fucking comes back and he catches it and he just like with the shield and a like, bra like the entire theater like stood up mm mm-hmm fists in the air clapping screaming it was it was pretty rad it was yep. a good theatrical moment that like is more proof why people should see this in theaters and For not sure. just at home alright on to the big stuff mm-hmm. Thanos gets the gauntlet because <laughs> Jeremy Renner and everyone else is bad at protecting it from him Sure. the guy in the seat next to me just goes fuck this movie mm-hmm. <laughs> and throws both of his arms in the air It was like the old lady I talked about. He just leaves right then. (laughs) Yeah, no, basically he was just like, oh, I really watched three hours of this movie for Thanos to snap his fingers again. Um, He gets it. Captain Marvel shows up to prevent the snap. Mm -hmm. Thanos rips the Power Stone from the glove and punches Captain Marvel in the face. (laughs) Yeah, Throws her away, tries to snap. Tony blocks it. Tony gets the glove. Tony says, I am Iron Man. Snap. Great
1: moment or greatest moment? (laughs) Very great moment. Um, My one nitpick, if I have to, and again, this is superhero movie timing, whatever. Thanos has the gauntlet. He's distracted by the snap because of Captain Marvel, who is flying in and destroying his ship, right, if memory serves Or has she come earlier? No, no, she's – that that, that was earlier.
0: She literally – he's about to snap, and she flies up and grabs his, like, thumb and index finger or whatever, and then prevents them from snapping. Okay. Um, I I feel like a good amount
1: of time elapsed when he had the gauntlet and was, like, slowing – like, slowly planning on snapping in a way that I feel like just snap immediately and get it over with. Uh, But it's okay. Like, that's supervillains everywhere. It's not a big deal.
0: it's – so – before he realizes that Tony has taken the stones, he gives a little speech where he's like, I am inevitable. Yeah. And then he's like, huh? So, like, I think you're applying the gap yeah, in I the second be. snap to the gap yep. in the first snap. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. I, anyway, I, it was great. Like, it, It's a great combination. It finally gets at the, like, why is Captain Marvel not fighting him? And she does, and she is very powerful, but with the Power Stone, he can fight her back, right? Which is a yeah. good explanation for it. I like... I like the chaos and the frenzy of it. This is really where it all... It's like the crescendo of the battle, right? This is the moment when everything matters. And it parallels nicely the fight on that distant planet that Tony and Peter Parker and Peter Quill and everyone are having with him uh, in the end of Infinity War, right? Where it's just this chaos of everyone trying to get this fucking thing off his hand. Um, Yeah, it was great.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to say anything about Tony and his part of it?
1: I mean, the... The Iron Iron Man thing, of course, great callback to like one of the best moments in the series. I think is yeah. the his reveal at the end of Iron Man One, where he walks out to the press conference and he's there's this whole speech of how like you're gonna have to live in hiding, you need to protect yourself, and then he's like, "I'm Iron Man." <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I I thought that was a great callback to that, and yeah, yeah I, I I didn't see it coming. I I like that he like managed to sneak things off. I don't know where his little glove came from. I guess he had retrofit his suit to have that
0: glove. Also, at this point in the series, his entire suit is basically just like nanobots that can reform itself into whatever the fuck he wants. So I assume that, like, like I assume that he didn't literally grab, 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 grab stones and go grab, 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 plant, 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 plant. plant. I think it's literally like he grabbed the glove and the stones just like migrated to his hand. (laughs) Yeah, they went exactly (laughs) like that. That's sort of the way I interpret that moment, yeah. Um, since it's not a thing that we actually see. It's like when he created the gauntlet, he literally thought of... Because even when he places the stones, there's like this liquid goo that the stone goes into and then sinks in and then gets covered. So I mm-hmm. assume that there's some just like instant transfer of... and like, probably goo. Yeah, yeah. And And he gets the he gets like the <laughs> the this is the one in whatever 17 billion moments or whatever that that uh oh
1: so that is what i what i loved what what i loved is uh doctor strange yeah. looking at him and holding up his finger that yeah. like that that was awesome that yeah. that was a great a great moment and again it's one of those things where i hadn't cared that much about doctor strange saying like i've analyzed all these things and this is the one i kind of forgot it over the course of yeah. this movie and then seeing them together again yeah, yeah, that was cool.
0: Yeah, and I I really like, too, just, like, the... So, for, first of all, going back, I, I mentioned this earlier, but seeing Captain Marvel and Thanos square off was where we start to... It brings down how powerful she is versus Thanos. Because mm. in, in our head, everybody just, like... What? Like, at the beginning of the film, she's like, I'm just going to go punch him to death. Let's mm. go. But, like, when they actually square off, they are just matched. Yeah. Like, he is seemingly like he's not sure it's kind of like when the hulk and, and thanos first squared off it's like they are theoretically matched strength wise but thanos is the more intelligent the trained fighter and hulk is just the brute so he mm-hmm. only loses because he doesn't know what he's doing he's just hulk smashing everything mm-hmm. um and in this it's like oh now it's two fighters who who skill wise are theoretically matched one is maybe a little arrogant because she thinks she is just automatically more powerful than him and he doesn't know how powerful she is mm-hmm. so it's not an arrogance like i'm stronger than you it's just like a, he's not expecting that and the fact that like they are squared off and then she goes from fighting to just preventing the fingers and it's like yes she is not using her still to, skill to attack him because she knows that she just has to prevent the smat so all of her energy is just holding those two fingers so he cannot snap mm-hmm. um and then just I would have never thought to, like, pull off this stone just to do one punch. Like, I thought that was the most badass thing in the world. Like, when he's like, nope, power stone. Oh, power yeah. fist. Boom. And just knocks her out of the picture. Mm-hmm. That was rad. I think, for me, the one thing that I, I need to pay attention when I go see this, Tony doesn't have his helmet anymore. Mm. Like, the only reason he can survive punches from Thanos, as far as I'm concerned, is that he's he's wearing a suit of armor, right? Yep. So he goes and grabs his hand, and there is a moment where Thanos takes a swing at him, and I know the second swing he puts a hand up to try to catch it, but the first swing, I'm like, where did Thanos punch him? Because he mm. should totally be dead right now. Yeah. So I was a little confused, but just that switcheroo, seeing him do the thing, and then Tony was just like, with looking his eyes, like, fuck this shit. Yeah, <laughs> like I almost thought he was gonna say, I am pissed. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I I, I thought this moment was amazing i was like yes both tony's the best and rip tony at the same time yeah <laughs> like it was definitely like a, i know where everything is is now um but i thought that moment was really awesome and yeah as you said like him seeing strange he's been begging strange to explain whether everything because we know tony has decided that there's no way they can win and he's trusting that strange saw a thing and they are in that reality and like dr strange says like Uh, If I told you whether or not this is the version where we win, it's not going to happen. Right. So, like, him in the moment, like, just giving him, like, this is the one. Tony wouldn't have necessarily thought in that moment that he could get up there and take Mm -hmm. the stones. But he realizes that, like, this is the one. I'm the one that can do it. Not should I evaluate this situation. It's just, like, this is the one. Do it now because this is the only chance that we have. And, like, I just... All of that worked so well, um, and I loved it. Yeah, it's great. So, the ending of the film: mm-hmm. <laughs> funeral for Tony. Yep. <laughs> um, uh, Thor gives uh, Valkyrie new Asgard, and then goes and joins Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, Cat returns the Infinity Stones and grows old with Peggy, and uh, yeah, and then they he appears old and passes off the shield to um falcon to become the new captain america yeah uh thoughts on this sort of lord of the rings-esque multiple ending (laughs) sure (laughs) yeah
1: so i mean so i didn't really get to in the last part the big tony dies right tony dying and as you mentioned it's clear when he snaps when he's about to snap that that is what will happen to him i just thematically of course he's gonna die but i love that like you mentioned infinity war there was a moment toward the end where it seemed like Tony was about to die. Yeah. And you said, like, if they had done this, it would be the greatest movie ever. Yeah. And like they finally made good on it, right? They finally yeah. let him die. Um, and I think that pays off not only this, but every time before that he has, quote, sacrificed himself only to have it be a fake out, you yeah. know, all the moments where he thinks he's going to die and then survives, now we finally got the real one and great ending for the saga, great symmetry with the beginning. Love it. Love it. Totally into it um the funeral was appropriately sad again there's a little bit of fan service in that some characters are there who probably wouldn't give a fuck about tony but they're still standing there looking sad uh the presence of the kid in iron man 3 that was a cool little like wink that they did um yeah it it, it was great and his his daughter talking to uh john favreau which again that feels like another nod to like john is the one who kind of started the the series with like Iron Man slash Robert Downey Jr. way back in the day. And he's sort of like there at the end yeah. to talking to this new generation of people. And uh, he's a
0: chef so he can make all the burgers that yeah, the old yeah. girl wants.
1: Yeah, he can make all the burgers. <laughs> he, try- he tries to persuade her to do a Cubano instead. <laughs> um Yeah, it, 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 it was great. I, I love that bit. Thor joining Guardians, again, I don't really care, though I'm excited for the James Gunn Guardians movie. Like, I I think that'll be a lot of fun. I don't understand what is going on right now. Like, they're hunting for Gamora, their name? Yeah. They're hunting for Gamora. So is it the, the parallel universe Gamora that is here, who, like, vanished after Thanos got snapped away or is it that they still think they can find her after the soul stone even though we've kind of been taught that they can't
0: so so they know that she's gone forever because of the soul stone Mm -hmm. but then they know that a version of her exists in this timeline because of all this shit Mm -hmm. they don't know like it's basically another thing of hope right like Mm -hmm. peter is hoping that that version of her is still present and didn't get snapped away with Thanos. So he is, like, hoping against hope. That, that's the way I interpret it, is that, like, mm. he is hoping that she's still out there, even though theoretically... She's not into <laughs> him. Take a hint, dude. Theoretically, Tony snapped her away. when mm. he. I am Iron I- I Man. I mean,
1: I don't care, because he he could have just snapped away the bad guys and she's no longer bad. Like, yeah. I, I don't know what... Basically, all you have to do is think something and then you snap and the details work themselves out. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't understand they're on a hunt for her which i guess means she like left the scene of the crime right there but i don't totally understand why they should want alternate reality her right yeah. well, it's I, kind I, of like happy death day too like it's a
0: <laughs> well either way i don't understand how anybody has a machine that just knows if somebody's existing in the universe mm-hmm. right like it's not like a what's a professor x's little uh machine that he puts on he puts the helmet on and then he can like sense yeah. every living thing in the universe
1: so so rocket mentions earlier for thanos that they're looking with like face scanning and other stuff i think to try to find him so maybe this is part of that of like we've tapped into all the security cameras in the universe yeah. <laughs> who who the hell knows
0: i guess that that could make sense
1: yeah and and then the cap the cap ending um so here's what i uh, summary Cap becomes Joe Biden. Falcon becomes Cap. (laughs) Bucky becomes jealous. Um, (laughs) I like... I like that Bucky does not get the torch handed off to yeah. him. I was going to be really fucking annoyed if it was going to be Bucky is in charge now. He kind of got nothing to do here, and great. Who cares yeah. about Bucky? He,
0: he has nothing to do in the whole fucking movie. Yeah, exactly. Like the one time we see him, he just has his gun. It's not yeah. even like a skill based thing. It's just him going, brah, 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 which means like his entire skill runs out when he's out of bullets. Yeah. Like at least with Hawkeye, he has a sword <laughs> and like cool moves. Mm-hmm. Bucky's like, I got an arm, I got a
1: gun. Yeah. Yeah, Same so way. so I'm I'm totally fine with Falcon becoming Cap, even though I feel like it's been a while since I've been asked to care about Falcon. So that beat, I kind of took a minute to be like, wait, who's Anthony Mackie again? Oh yeah, he's Falcon. Oh yeah, yeah. I guess that's. It's a good new Captain America. Uh, like, it felt like they were laying up Don Cheadle more because he got way more to do in this movie in terms of, like, being a part of the I mean, clearly so. Don
0: Cheadle is going to be the new Iron Man. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, I guess so. Well, unless Peggy uh, Pepper I mean, he's, Potts...
0: He's, he's already the old Iron Man.
1: <laughs> I mean, Pepper could become Iron Man because yeah. apparently now she... Has she... Carson's going to hate me for asking this. Has she donned the suit before? Did that happen in so, Iron Man 3?
0: So in Iron Man 3... Tony throws his suit on right, her to protect her. But then also in Iron Man 3, when all of the suits are going around and then she's got like weird energy problems. I could have sworn she has a suit at some point in that too. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether she was 100% controlling it herself. Um, but she definitely was given that suit as an anniversary present or whatever.
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. A- anyway, that that was kind of a surprise because when I first saw her in the battle... There were like there were so many other characters. I was like, maybe I just got confused, and this is the, uh, you know, maybe this is the Wasp, and I just like she's wearing a different outfit, and I didn't recognize it. Um, so that it was interesting seeing her. But anyway, I don't think she's going to be a hero in the future. I think Gwyneth Paltrow is probably out too. Yeah, um, yeah. The the Cap going back in time and living his best life. I like it. it it's a un like it's a very nice thematic parallel. It's a clever way to end his story. You, you can kind of see it coming. It's been telegraphed for a while. But it, it's good, heartfelt. Breaks the rules of time travel. That he's just like back in real life as if he's aged and not gone through the time machine to get back in their dimension. Yeah, But I I, I don't really care. I, I think they ended it all wonderfully. So, it, yeah, I'm good with it.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, so I I thought this ending stuff was great. Like going back again to Tony's dying and him sort of he's he's almost not present for his own death right like he doesn't necessarily get it's it's almost like he sort of doesn't understand the people that are talking to him and why he's like just super fucked up right yeah and there's something like even more tragic to that where he's not he doesn't even get to appreciate i mean like he gets to appreciate it in his quote-unquote hologram goodbye message that he recorded right before the thing which right. works totally emotionally for everybody oh, else yeah. but he doesn't get that satisfying ending like we are experiencing it in his stead, sort of while we watch it. Um I really I really loved like the the we're gonna be all right from Pepper, like um the, all that stuff like really really works. Um once again, like the the um Infinity War got me when um Peter Parker's like, I don't wanna go, Mr. Stark. Um mm-hmm. and just him coming back and seeing Tony again there was like totally worked for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I just I loved all that stuff. Getting to see his daughter again, (laughs) like and just her being cute and just like the legacy of what Tony has created was great. Um, Yeah, like I I loved all that stuff as well. Um, I'm totally on board for the idea of Cap going back and just living his life because like even that that line like I I did what Tony said and I got a life. (laughs) Whatever. Um, That was totally emotionally satisfying. I could give two shits about passing the torch of Captain America to somebody else. Um not specifically because it's Falcon, but just because like like it literally took 22 movies for me to care
1: <laughs> about Yeah, it's not a torch that you care about.
0: About this Captain America, the idea of Captain America, I care not about. So mm-hmm. like passing that torch doesn't get me anything. Um I do actually like that Bucky was like like, even Captain Falcon's like, why would Bucky not get the shield? And then he's like, no, it's you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, that was cool. We both know I'm terrible. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm doing real movies now. <laughs> um, like, I, I, I still, like, I appreciate that aspect of those relationships. It does suck for Bucky that, like, he is literally not important to any of this movie yeah, or no the last cares. movie. The um, only way
1: he's important is as, like, a distraction that Captain, Captain America throws out to other Captain America so he can <laughs> punch him
0: yeah but uh but yeah so mom's name is martha (laughs) yeah why are you saying
1: why are you saying
0: that name bucky (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah i yeah so i enjoyed it um i think that i think that i might have some bad news for you guys so essentially at this point in the recording we encountered some sort of weird technical glitch this episode was recorded on some new hardware and this point uh, almost two hours into the recording there was a slight little problem and basically both audio tracks started recording just my microphone super super cool very very unfortunate and uh lucky luckily the episode was almost over anyways at this point we were about to transition into a conversation about some of the loopholes in the film so basically just being nitpicky and uh honestly we both love the film And, uh, you know, we can live without the little nitpicky bit. So, yeah, I'm very sorry, um, but I wanted to come back into the studio and record this little drop-in just to kind of let you know what happened and why mid-sentence things are just going to end um but yeah there was no graceful way to edit around uh the problem in the episode but uh yeah hope you enjoyed the rest of the episode hope you all loved uh watching avengers endgame as much as we did and uh yeah hopefully you enjoyed this like sort of different format from how we usually talk about films um in the spoiler segment but yeah thanks everybody for listening sorry about the issue and we will see you in the next episode